Hey friends, this week on Solidarity Wyoming, we have part two of our eye-opening interview with Laramie reporter Jeff Victor, who uncovered Maximus Busrai's abusive landlord practices. Jeff writes his news at laramiereporter.substack.com, and you should definitely subscribe to it. After that, then the gang of ne'er-do-wells that run this media outfit discuss some of the highlights and most colorful personalities of Wyoming's latest farcical legislative session. If you like this content, please help us continue to make it available to the public for free by supporting us at patreon.com slash solidarityhouse. That's patreon.com slash solidarityhouse. For $5 or more a month, you can become a member and receive premium content, uh, as well as know that you are supporting a good project. And now, here's part two of our conversation with Jeff Victor. Jessica Stalder uh, has been a controversial figure, not just in this issue, but, uh, you know, has has is mm-hmm. a div- is a d- divisive strikes a divisive figure uh in the community stalder is a very very interesting angle of this story for me you know going into it i knew that they were connected um that she did house showings for him and that they do run in some of the same political circles um with like some political figures in town. But it always seemed so weird to me because I don't know, have you ever talked to either of these people or, or, or like uh, probably not Max, but um, like at, at a city council meeting, I don't, I don't know if you've had any. I, I haven't, you know, I haven't met Jessica personally. Uh, and uh, honestly, my impression of her admittedly is formed by my affiliation with people like the LHRN and ACOP and, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, organizations that uh, question her objectivity about police matters. Yeah. So, so the weirdest thing about Councillor Stalder is that she seems like a, a kind person. Like if, if you meet her, she seems kind. And that, that's so weird just because if you're ever in a room with Max Bossere, you will be aware that he is an asshole. He oozes assholery. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't say that on your podcast, but I also don't really care. And I think that's so, pretty well supported what, by the facts. Honestly. What is the, what is the, jessica doing with a troll i guess is the is the question and and yeah we don't have to necessarily oh no 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 i'm 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 saying i'm saying uh keep it in um (laughs) of course i i don't know being a journalist and having to like ask difficult questions of of powerful people you just kind of get used to saying what you're thinking sure Um, and i generally find that 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 earns me respect even among people who like very much disagree with me on a lot of things. Um, you know, they'll, they'll respect that. I'm just, uh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm not, you know, trying to pretend like I'm something that I'm not. And I am a person who thinks that boss Ray is an asshole. I mean, you can't read the hundreds of pages of court documents that I have and spent the hours that I have talking to people whose lives he ruined well, and, and he and in such a a consistent way, his method or his mo is so consistent, and that's what you are talking about that you're discovering as you're reading all as you have all these documents in front of you late at night in in your office is that you you say he's doing the very same things, and he's doing that interpersonally too, in terms of the conversations that he has with people or the communiques that he has with people. That's fascinating. Yeah, and so it it begs the question, like, why is someone who, who is nice and a trained nurse and the director of the hospice um, and, uh, and someone who you hear speak at council and like sounds incredibly thoughtful, uh, 
how is someone like that in business with someone like Boss Ray? And so I did not know when I was publishing the first story, the, the really extent uh, of that relationship. Um, and so I, I mentioned Stalder's connection because that was, that was relevant and she was even named in some of the, the civil suits. But I, I focused that first story on Boss Ray, but then I kept digging, just looking into to Stalder's connections with him, especially after she responded to the story by somewhat distancing herself from him. Um, you know, if you read her response, it does sound very much like this is just a loose acquaintance of hers and, and she has no idea what's going on. Um, and maybe she, she didn't know the extent to which he has mistreated um, his tenants. Maybe she doesn't know the, the full extent of that until, you know, reading my story. Uh, but she is involved with him. Uh, they own at least one house together. Um, it's not clear if that's a house where they both live, where one of them lives, or if it's a house that they rent out. That's, that's not clear, but you can look up in public records that they co-own a, a house that they bought together last year. <sighs> She responded, distancing herself, you know, calling him a friend and saying that she occasionally helps him out, but does not work for him or his company. That is not true. I have right. since discovered. Right, right. She has she has represented uh, his company, um, you know, I- even going so far as to sign documents on the line left for like his company representative. So it'll say... MRB management under the line and it's got Jessica Stalder's signature on top of it. You you um, offered a line by line refutation of of her uh distancing. Um did she respond to the refutation? Did you hear from her ever after that, you know, after that sort of second line analysis? To my knowledge, she has not responded publicly to that um I did try to reach out to her for comment on that. And once again, once again, she ignored that. Uh, And I feel comfortable saying ignored because the number and email that I have used to try to get in touch with her Mm -hmm. is the number and email listed for her on the uh, city of Laramie site. So that should be reliable contact information for reaching out to your elected representatives, um, which she is since I live in ward one. Um, and I think it's really, really inappropriate for an elected official to blow off a reporter. Um, you know, elected officials are are hired by the people. We decide as a community that there's this person in particular, we want to do the job of being a ward one city councilor. And that job comes with certain responsibilities and expectations. Um, And one of those is that you are answerable to us, the people, but not everybody has time in their day to go and check in on everything that that counselor is, is doing. Um, You know, basically we don't, (laughs) we don't micromanage the people that we've hired through election to work on our city council. Um, But that's where journalists come in. You know, we're supposed to be there uh, when other people can't. And and that's why we'll go and sit through a four-hour city council meeting and then give you 400 words on it that tells you the most important things that happened because not everybody can devote that time on a Tuesday evening, especially not every week. Uh, and that's that's my role. And so it it is inappropriate for a city councilor to dodge my calls and emails <laughs> when I have a, a you know, I, I'm not just calling her up out of the blue to yell at her. I am. I, I have legitimate uh, questions to ask an elected official, and I don't know. That's that's really bugged me these past weeks. That um. That yeah, she can just not respond and not comment. Uh, how would you assess the overall rent renter situation here? Um, I get, is that one thing that you could. I know you don't want to generalize to the you know kind of the whole political milieu, but 
what would you say about the the rental situation in Laramie and and in Wyoming? Obviously, a lot, a lot to say about the the um, landlord tenant law. I, I know that they have they have identified as a as a one of their priorities. Um, one of the one of the first things that they want to get to uh, is addressing rental regulations, um, but probably won't be for another few months at this point. If I had to guess, um, there's a lot that they are uh, discussing and working with right now. There's the legislative session, um, which involves a lot of bills that could affect Laramie. Um, there's, uh, the, the police oversight board, uh, in, right. in related to that issue. Um, uh, yeah. So th- th- there's these other things going on that I, I believe they're trying to check off of their list before getting to that, but they have, they have identified that as something that they want to get to. They had, they had a meeting early on this year where mm-hmm. they decided things that they want to get to. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but actually to your question, <laughs> sorry, we're kind of went off on that um no worries actually to your question it it sucks being a tenant in laramie um by that i don't mean that every rental tenant is having a horrible time that's that's not the case um you know i just had to move last year but for four years before that i i lived in a place that i really liked and i was i was comfortable and happy in it um and lots of people also have those experiences, but any, if you're going to rent an apartment in Laramie, you're always running the risk that you're going to be landed with one of these horrendous slumlords. Um, and not have a remedy. Yeah. Um, so there, and, and there's, there's a lot, there's a lot circumstantially uh, and structurally that leads to the situation that we have. Um, 50% of uh, residences in Albany County, it's a, it's a county statistic, 50% of the residences in the county are renter occupied. Uh, so you know, every other house you're seeing is, uh, is being rented. There's a lot of renters here. Uh, there's a very young population because of the university. Uh, you know, lots of people come here and they might live in the dorms the first year, but then for at least three or four years after that, lots of them are, are, are living in apartments in town. Uh, but that's not all of it. Um, and it's, it's not, this isn't just an issue for, for college students. We also have the poorest County in Wyoming, um, I think it's something like 20% of the county of the county lives in poverty um, or extreme right. poverty. Um, and, you know, that, that means that you, you could be spending, you could be spending 50% or more of your income on rent. I mean, right now I'm, I'm spending more than 50% of my income on rent. Sure. Um, and I know that I'm doing a lot better than, most other people, but the, uh, the, the recommendation, um, you know, from, uh, any article you read telling you how to like, uh, deal with your finances, it'll say like, yeah, try to spend like, you know, 30% of 30%, your income. Yeah. That's, that's, that's like thought. the reasonable, that's what I thought it said. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> me, all of my friends, like we, None of us are spending that little. We're all spending more than 50%. Um, I'd say I, I spend probably more like 70% of, of my income on rent. And I'm not living, I'm living in a basement. Right. Um, it's like, it's nice. And you're spending like, all this money and there's not, there aren't a lot of legal remedies, which is re- kind of a state issue too. Uh, I mean, it's a yes, statewide so, issue too because of of the of state statutes uh, and, and such. But um but this is but this is what happens, right? Is that like as you said, that doesn't mean that everybody has a shitty rental situation, but it does mean that when there are shitty rental situations, there's less that you can do about it. It means it, and it means that you're playing roulette all the time, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Most of the time, you'll you'll get a landlord who who leaves you alone unless you've got something broken, and they'll come and fix it, um, which I think is probably what. <laughs> 
most of us with landlords hope for. Um, but every once in a while, you're you're gonna get a, a boss. You're gonna get Max, yeah, yeah. Um, who who might terrorize you, might let you live in dangerous situations, and might make life so horrible for you that you leave early and then charge you for the rest of the lease anyway. The real underlying problem is that our laws, our community here is set up in such a way that it allows someone like Boss Ray to operate. But then the other part of me just gets really, really fucking angry when I, when I think about just the horrors that people have gone through at the hands of like this man specifically. I don't know how he sleeps at night. I am a freelance journalist. Um, and sometimes that means selling stories to, to the Laramie boomerang or, or, or Wyofile, uh, some outlet like that. Um, but I'm also trying to do my own thing as well. Uh, I really like covering local issues and sometimes it's, it's just hard to work with the, the local paper as, as a freelancer. Um, and I might have different goals than they do um, and might be interested in different kinds of topics and covering different beats um, than they are. Uh, and so I kind of wanted my own place to do that, to, to do the kind of long form in-depth uh, reporting that I like to do. Uh, it, the Boomerang likes to focus more on um, uh, short pieces. It was actually kind of uh, bizarre that they agreed to publish my 5,000 word story on Boss Array. Uh, they they right. mostly prioritize shorter stories, um, which it, it makes sense if you have you know, staff writers and, and you need to put out a paper every day. Mm -hmm. But that's not really what I'm doing. Um, so I wanted to start my own place. And you can follow my Substack, uh, which is, let me just make sure I'm doing that right. <laughs> LaramieReporter.substack.com. Thank you. Yes, LaramieReporter.substack.com. Um, so go to LaramieReporter.substack.com slash welcome. And that'll take you right to the page where you can you can subscribe really easily. And then you will just get my local reporting delivered right to your inbox um, as, as soon as I put it up. Um, what kind of stuff do you, are you doing and hoping to do uh, that, uh, you know, now that you, you know, with that kind of freedom of being able to, to cover stuff, what do you want to do? Yeah, so... I want to continue to cover uh, real estate and housing and and rental issues, you know, hi highlighting other problems, be they individual landlords or or systemic issues related to rental housing in Laramie. Um, I also like to cover kind of the bigger issues going on. Uh, in either the county or the city, especially as they start to uh, get political and show up at commission and, and council meetings. Um, so I've been covering all the issues related to wind development in the county, um, police accountability, and a lot of those things are going to continue to be issues in the coming months. And I, I plan to keep doing reporting on those issues. But that's also all kind of stuff that I that I do for other outlets with with this Substack specifically. I would also like to branch out and do the kind of things that I know the boomerang would probably not be interested in buying. So I would like to cover the war on drugs more. Um, our community arrests and punishes and locks up people for. Mm -hmm when they find, you know, marijuana or LSD or, or some quantity of drug in their car. And I would like to report on that every time our state locks someone up. I, I think our state should not be allowed to do that in, in secret. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so, so I would like to do more of that. Um, I have not started doing that on the Substack yet, but that, that is something that I would like to start doing. Um, Police issues, uh, police accountability stuff maybe 
Um, yes, I would, I would like to cover more about police accountability. I think that is going to take some intense, well-researched, uh, critical journalism in the coming months, because I imagine, I imagine there's going to be quite a fight over it. Um, there was a lot of momentum last summer and that's how, that's how the community got the council to agree to start looking at the issue. Uh, but there's a lot of people who do not want an oversight board. Um, and I imagine to, I, I imagine we're going to see that play out in public at these meetings, but also behind the scenes. And so I also want to do public records journalism, uh, you know, requesting uh, public records, which is a fun thing to do as a reporter <laughs> um, and uh, see what's out there. I guess another major area that, you know, I just, I just started the Substack like maybe like three weeks ago. So there, there's <laughs> lots of these are, are things that will be coming, um, but are not there yet. Uh, I'm also very interested in uh, extremism and malicious. Uh, you know, here in Albany County, there was a militia recruiting event at the, at the fairgrounds. Um, I remember last year. And uh, <laughs> um, Max Bossery was the uh, master of ceremonies for it, actually. But it was also attended by uh, people like uh, Representative uh, Ocean Andrew and uh, the former commission chair, Terry Jones. Um, lots of very connected people in this town um, right. who were there and, and very much involved in it. Yeah, to, to use the old journalist expression, I, I want to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable and um yeah it's it, it's not a coincidence the um the people who are most likely to have a blind spot when it comes to the plight of poor renters are going to have that same blind spot uh for for people disproportionately likely to you know uh, get in trouble for drugs with the cops. Especially as you start dropping stories, um, you should just yes. come back and, and talk to us about them. Um, and we're happy to, to signal boost. I, I would love that. I've really appreciated the, uh, the opportunity to, to talk about this, talk about Absolutely. all of this in, in a, uh, in a space where I can also say fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Because yes. I could not do that during my interview on the radio. It's been a real relief um, that I'm not like alone. And that a lot of other these other tenants, you know, especially tenants who didn't talk to me, got to see this and and got to see, no, I'm not alone. Like I Yeah, I, I don't know what feedback you've gotten, but what I've heard from folks, um, and I'm connected to some of the uh, you know, so, some of the, the, the tenants in question as well is just tremendous gratitude um, for your, you know, because it, it's really hard work. Uh, it's kind of, it, you know, it does, it, it is nerve wracking and emotionally taxing work, um, as well as, you know, just really uh, laborious work. And, um, and I think there's a lot of appreciation in the community for it. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, thank you. It's just an external noise that occasionally comes up and it sounds like you're like, uh, I mean, it really reminds me of these noises that we're hearing now from Mars, uh, from the, oh, yeah. uh, the Mars Explorer, because um, uh, it's got sort of an electric uh, feel to it. I may have to sample it. No, actually, I have Matt Damon trapped in my closet. That's... Uh, More so than people so here we go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's, he's growing potatoes there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was going to try to, I was trying not to crack up before we got started. Uh, all right. So we're going to talk for about 40 minutes and take the best 20 of it. And we'll, then we'll stick the whole thing on Patreon for our supporters. Uh, so don't say anything extremely offensive or unenlightened um, uh, in, in hopes that I would eventually edit it out because I just want to take it and stick it right in the proverbial Patreon pipe. So speaking of which, do you know how people can keep, uh, help us keep uh, doing these hijinks, auntie? Yeah, they can go to patreon.com slash solidarity house and sign up as a Patreon supporter. 
Uh, minimum is $5 a month, which is greatly appreciated. It lets us know that there are lots of people out there. Of course, the more you can cough up, the better. It helps us do the work, helps us bring you this kind of media. to stand up uh, to a lot of the uh, nonsense and uh, craziness that does come out of uh, right-wing media, but also sometimes out of just the mainstream media where they're just not doing their jobs well. Patreon.com slash Solidarity House. Wow. That, that's like a, that was a, that was a 29.5, uh, right there. And it wasn't even your fault that it wasn't a 30. Um, but, uh, that's great. Uh, and I'll start by saying that I find, I find our legislators inspiring. Uh, I, I find, I find Lynn Hutchings love of Jesus, uh, inspiring, not just a love of Jesus, but of Rambo Jesus. I find that inspiring. I'm inspired by Marshall Burt. Now, I don't know if you, I don't know if you guys have even heard of Marshall Burt. Anyway, I'm, we'll get there though. Uh, so we're here. This is, uh, this is, um, uh, I'm, I'm Matt and we have Auntie Far, Auntie, Auntie Far, uh, as well as Derek with us. How's it going, folks? Oh, you know me. I'm ready to throw a Molotov whenever it needs to. Or a can of tuna, as the case may be. Sounds good. Um, I'm I'm inspired by Marshall Burt. Did you say you'd heard of of Representative Burt, Derek? Yeah, I I think he's famous for being Wyoming's only legislator in the Libertarian Party. That's correct. And then he's also the one who's famous for having a far right organization's logo tattooed on his forearm. Right, a three percenter tattoo. Uh, which is uh, affiliated with other right-wing hate groups and uh, were among the, the people that attacked the Capitol building on January 6th. Uh, and so... Uh, well, we need to be balanced there because he claims he just liked the design and had no idea that it was affiliated. Exactly, exactly. And that is what I admire. <laughs> That's actually what I admire about him um, is that... Uh, he said that he didn't know anything about the, that militia group, um, just liked the patriotic symbolism. Um, but of course, in order to understand why the symbolism, symbolism of the number three is patriotic, you sort of have to, don't you have to s- at least sort of be in tune with what that theory is historically, if you could call it a theory? A complete farce made up by some incels in their basement trying to make themselves feel better about their miserable existence? You mean that 3% theory? Yeah, yeah or as, as, as others have said, it, it represents the, uh, the percentage of the Constitution you can understand. Oh, yeah, that might be it. <laughs> Maybe that's why they're so fixated on the Second Amendment. I don't know. It's the shortest one. Exactly. I, but I have to, I, I sympathize. I have to sympathize with Representative Burt because... I myself have a tattoo of Applejack from My Little Pony on my ass, and I had no idea there were bronies. I just like horses, and now I'm really embarrassed about it. So, oh, yeah, I forgot about the bronies. Big shout out to 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 Representative Burt. I also (laughs) I know that I know that he uh, this guy is not in the legislature anymore, but. I miss Scott Clem a lot, and I always say, find someone who loves you as much as Scott Clem loves spreading COVID. Yes, uh, one of the many deniers, um, not, not just a denier, kind of like an outright militant, I'm going to give it to you, you're going to get it, and I don't care because it's not real. I mean, he wanted to pretty much basically mandate that people cough on each other, I think. I think that was about, yeah, exactly. And, and there was a doorknob looking subordinates that got kicked out as well. Uh, you know, throw ourselves wide open to the COVID pandemic. That's still real. And it's still here, by the way, people. It hasn't gone away. For those of you who think that it's gone away, it's still here. One of the things that happened in the legislature is that is a, a bill uh, passed to strip uh, legislative uh, or strip regulatory powers away from various agencies, um, such as uh, state uh, health officials, which I'm not even sure is constitutional. But uh, it basically, you know, says that uh, the the legislature will sort of have the power to to establish limits and 
uh, do other uh, other things to undercut the effectiveness of the state health officials because uh, of the of the you know fraudulent mask mandate, the uh, totalitarian mask mandate. This one you're talking about that is Senate File 80. Is that right? Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah that's one of the ones that I read up on. Oh yeah, I you know, but I thought that Senate File 69 required you to wear pants in public. How is that not tyranny? I mean, isn't there an ordinance that says you got to put pants on? Did you say it was and Senate File 69? Yeah. Nice. Maybe I was wrong. Wrong number. But I mean, I, 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 I find it absurd to say that you can't make me wear a piece of clothing when, listen, if you walked out Porky Pig in it, um, you'd get arrested or probably at least picked up and asked if you're okay. One would hope. <laughs> One would hope. What, what did you hear about it, Derek? Let's see. I really liked the response that one of the opposition voters gave to it. He said that this is an economic development bill for the undertakers, and that's one we ought not to pass. So without <laughs> that last clause, I would be a little afraid that like he's being serious, like, hey, it's good for undertakers. But, you know, um, him explaining that that's a reason not to pass it is good because um we're in an age where we can't really see past people's sarcasm anymore but i want to applaud him for pointing out why services like um undertaking are not suitable for the free market control um and i'd also like to encourage all legislators everywhere to apply the same logic to institutions of prisons schools healthcare. uh legalizing pot got through the wyoming uh house um, which was a big deal. And uh, so I didn't, obviously it died. In yeah, the it still died, but yeah, but it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that was a good one. And there was actually um, two bills brought forth uh, for a uh, income tax as well as an unearned uh, income tax. So two different types of income tax. We don't have either of those taxes in Wyoming. Wyoming's a bit of a, uh, <clears throat> the Cayman Islands of the West, as it were, uh, for without any of the, the cool stuff, without any right, exactly cool that would be associated with being in the Cayman Islands. Precisely, none of the nice stuff, uh, but uh, all the all the bad uh, money action and all the bad people that like to not pay taxes on their money uh, and then blame everybody else for the problems that their greediness has caused. But yeah, but yeah, so the couple of things that came forward that weren't too bad. It was sad to see. Yeah, it was sad to see um, marijuana legalization, cannabis legalization, go down. Especially since uh, it's both versions, both the medical and the recreational, uh, in different uh, proportions, obviously, but both have majority support across the state. I read an article in the uh, what was it? the Jackson Hole. Uh, news and guide, and I believe they cited the number that the first proposal would have brought in fifty-three million dollars in taxes because they want to tax it tax it at thirty percent. That's a lot of dough <laughs> that could certainly benefit a lot of schools in Wyoming. Okay, and uh, and and yet they make absurd arguments that marijuana is bad for the environment somehow. When in actuality, if we were to grow mass quantities of hemp, we could suck the carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere um, and start cleaning our lungs. But that's neither here nor there. So, yeah, that was sad to see it go down. I wasn't surprised that the tax proposals didn't make it anywhere. This is Wyoming, after all. And uh, so that was but I was uh, I was good to see that I believe it was Representative Yin from Jackson was actually advocating for the personal income tax, which is interesting because if he represents Jackson, that's the wealthiest area in Wyoming. And he was basically saying, I want to tax all of my constituents. For yeah, Mike is pretty, <laughs> Mike is pretty liberal. Um, you know, I think that, uh, it, yeah, you know, he signed on to the, uh, uh, to HB 206, of course, the 15 an hour uh, minimum wage uh, and elimination of shitty exemptions uh, bill. I think it was actually technically called that uh, shitty <laughs> elimination of shitty exemptions bills. And, and uh, he was a, a co-sponsor to that. Um, uh, he's, he's uh, definitely uh, got his, um, uh, his heart in the right place. Yeah, no, a good guy, but uh, it doesn't make up for all the extra 
shittiness that generally goes on in, in, in Wyoming politics. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know how or what's going to happen with the voter ID bill. A lot of conversations about that now that Wyoming wants to, is going to be instituting, is at least considering a voter ID law. Or did it pass? It passed, didn't it? It passed. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, we I'm, have we have voter ID. We now have voter ID. Um, it may be challenged. Right. It could be. It cool. could end up being challenged. Um, I think that this, the current iteration of the U.S. Supreme Court, would probably um, uphold it. Uh, and uh, of course, the biggest impact I think is um, at at this point uh, is likely to be felt um, on the Wind River reservation uh and the surrounding area other with college students it's going it might complicate things um we'll we'll see well i mean the the rule is and i believe it it was a supreme court ruling that you have to allow people to vote where they live at least the majority of the time so if you live someplace for nine months out of the year you have the right to vote there and this is going to make it nearly impossible because they're going to demand that you have a wyoming state id which is just not what people who are coming here to go to school from Michigan or Colorado are, are wanting or even going to do. And I know that this doesn't apply in Wyoming, but this exact ID problem is really hard on black and brown communities where, especially in urban areas where you don't own a car because there's no need to own a car and cars are ridiculously expensive. You take public transit, so you don't have a driver's license. Okay, and then they're like, we'll just go get a state ID. Well, then give me 50 bucks to pay for it. Because that's pretty much what it's going to cost to get the copy of my birth certificate and all the other stuff. And then to go to the state and then take a day off work to go to the DMV to get my state ID. It's it's, it's just another hurdle for people. And and what the Wyoming lawmakers are going to proudly jump in and say, well, it's Wyoming. There are no urban areas. Everyone has a car out here or else you won't be able to live here in Wyoming. Well, yeah, but it still doesn't address the people that. Well, and that's not even true. (laughs) That's not even true. I, you know, we live in a rural part of outside of Laramie and I see tons of people walking into town and it takes them 45 minutes or more sometimes in freezing weather to walk to and from uh, town. Mm -hmm. And so there's tons of people that don't have cars and, you know, even more so in other areas. And, and I think that, so what this reminds me of too, is uh, a tendency that uh, these, uh, that many of these lawmakers have to be so out of touch or deliberately out of touch with the lives of people in rural communities and uh, and absolutely with uh, the lives of anyone that doesn't look like them. Um, so I'm reminded of uh, in the um, yesterday in the in the uh, during the labor and health committee's hearing on M- Medicaid expansion. Uh, well, Aunt Representative Andy Clifford came to testify at the hearing um, about the situation of folks in her district, uh, which of course uh, means, uh, you know, people of uh, the Northern Arapaho Nation um, who live uh, in, you know, Riverton and on the Wind River Reservation um, and talking about how that has affected them. And she got into it, well, well, actually, you know, Anthony uh, Bouchard um, or, Bo Bochard uh, or Bochud, as our friend Rob from uh, Casper likes to call him, uh, <laughs> Representative Bochud uh, did, sort of attacked, um, or Senator Bochud um, sort of attacked Representative Clifford, uh, and was sort of indicating, well, this is not that's not really a crisis that's going on everywhere, and. Uh, she went right back in his face and said, uh, no, actually, uh, y'all committed genocide against us. And uh, so uh, I don't want uh, any of your uh, bullshit. Yikes. It's Bouchard. <laughs> um, I've I said like it like six. Oh, wait a second. <laughs> I've said it like six different ways, uh, which is going to make editing this uh, a lot of fun. You tried Bouchard yet? <laughs> 
No, I, no. In fact, no, because I actually, I actually asked on Facebook uh, what it was, and it's uh, it's Bouchard, like Bouchard. Uh, yeah, but um, I thought it was then, Bouchard at first, but that would have been gross. <laughs> See, I thought I thought about saying that, um, but I thought that Rob's uh, Bouchard um, was. Uh, uh, was actually the most appropriate, was the most linguistically uh, and ideologically appropriate description. Um, although, uh, well, I don't know. I got he some, just reminds we, we me had some other, of... We had some other great suggestions. Um, uh, I just want to talk about the slavery like discussion. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we, Derek, can't, we can't skip Derek, that. Holy us, shit. Derek, why don't you take us into uh they uh into that discussion yeah okay let me pull up his exact words because this is something that if i try to paraphrase it it's going to sound like oh we're just like trying to make him sound as bad as possible so let me pull up his exact words he said uh slavery was something that shouldn't have happened in america but it did but we've created slavery into a place that has created a position of being stuck, in my opinion, for a people group. And that's a what sad place to be. The fuck? What the ever living fuck? Would you, would you please read that again? Yeah, first of all, <laughs> slavery was something that shouldn't have happened in America, but it did. Uh, you know, just ignoring the fact that, you know, slavery is one of the things that it this just... government was founded on. Uh, but we've created slavery into a place that has created a position of being stuck, in my opinion, for a people group. And that's a sad place to be. Yeah. And he goes on to say, and that was probably, in my opinion, worse than slavery itself, because we've created a place where people cannot get free because of their past. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this guy is white, right? He's a white clergyman. Who is this? Who is this again? This is Jeremy Haroldson. Uh, Jeremy Haroldson. Yeah, he's the reverend yeah. from Wheatland. Yeah. They're really uh, evangelical out there, from what I understand. Um, you know, people I've talked to. I love how uh, we're we're talking from our our ivory tower of Laramie, Wyoming. Yeah, exactly. We're we're in our ivory tower. We're making fun of you know. But it's it's funny about this because in Britain, the undersecretary in Boris Johnson's cabinet resigned, the only black guy in his cabinet, because this commission came out with a report that says, oh, slavery was. Oh, bad. But, you know, it actually created this opportunity where they got refined into um, Afro-British people. And that's why the Caribbean was good. Holy Jesus. <laughs> so, like, we're, we're not the only ones. I'm just at a, I'm just at such a loss. But this was so and the but then what was additionally interesting about this is the legislation that it came from right yeah are we talking Which about are, the oh, bill ahead. that he was sponsoring um yes House bill 177 education understanding federal and state government uh yeah oh, it was civics it was a civics we can't teach anything bad we can only teach good stuff bill and I think that in reference to this, um, in reference to the abortion bills that we haven't even talked about, um, all of which are going to pass, uh, including chemical banning chemical abortion, all of these. Uh, but anyway, in addition to all of the, there's all there was all of this stuff that had nothing to do with the actual existential crisis that was going on, that is going on um, about supposedly. Uh, the financial future um, of the state. And so this was, so this bill um, would establish these standards that uh, educationally that uh, about a bunch of stuff that you couldn't teach and a bunch of stuff that you had to teach. One of the highlights from this session where he's introducing this bill was where he says that I don't believe students are getting a fully well-rounded view of the founding of this nation. And he list, he talked about um, in his experience, there's too many students he encounters that have an abysmal understanding of the way the constitution works. And then um, representative Kathy Connolly from here in the enlightened land of Laramie, um, she 
asked him a question. She said, do you know what the 19th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution is? She said, oh, I would have to look at it right now, ma'am. And she said, it's the right to you, vote for women. You would have had to watch fucking Schoolhouse Rock. Yeah, exactly. All I you just, would have had to do is watch Schoolhouse Rock. I took Zibis in eighth grade and I got all A's. And it wasn't that hard to remember that there are three branches of government and how the checks and balances work. But now people are so stupid that they think the three branches of governments are the the Congress, the Senate, and the President. They don't even know there's this thing called the courts. So, you know, people during it, it the has during been that down. Senate hearing or during the the uh, Senate commit the, the Labor and Health Committee hearing uh, yesterday, where they voted down um, Medicaid expansion, they were conflating. The, the preamble to the Constitution um, with, uh, no, they were conflating the Declaration of Independence with the Constitution. I hate when people do that. It's, they're so dumb. Lines came from which? Uh, they were saying that lines from the Declaration were in the Constitution uh, okay. as a way of demonstrating that providing health care to people was not in the Constitution. Well, that's kind of hilarious because I like the argument that um life liberty and pursuit of happiness as inalienable rights seem to indicate that health care is a right because it's part of life and pursuit of happiness but you know i'm not going to make that except argument. that yeah except that it's not because if then uh because th then they will if, if they if they have to um they're going to get three percenter marshall burt who's a libertarian to explain the distinction between positive and negative rights. Um, <laughs> by the way, I wanted people to read this article that is at Better Wyoming, um, and so it is uh, a um, so it's written by Better Wyoming, uh, which means um, written by uh, uh, Nate uh, Martin and his um, staff, I, I imagine. Um, but the, the article is called Wyoming's Budget Crisis is Fake. And I just want to read from Wyoming is, in fact, a wealthy state with billions and billions of dollars socked away in trust funds. And as lawmakers cut programs to help at risk youth, they continue to put more and more money into savings accounts. At the same time, Wyoming recently received roughly $1.6 billion as part of the American Rescue Plan, the COVID-19 relief package recently passed by Congress. While last year's CARES Act relief package prohibited states from using those funds to make up for lost tax revenue, the ARP contains no such restrictions. In fact, it's specifically meant to help states in Wyoming's position so they don't have to cut funding for programs that help struggling states uh, struggling people in times of real need. Simply put, there is no urgent budget crisis in Wyoming. There are only lawmakers with ideological beliefs against big government who have found a convenient excuse to cut spending no matter how much it hurts Wyoming and its people. And the article goes on to talk about how much of this seems motivated by cruelty. And what I think I would say, and maybe what we would say, uh, you know, those of us who uh, are on the, uh, uh, the slightly more radical uh, end of the spectrum, you know, would say that that it, it's that that cruelty does have a point. It's not gratuitous cruelty. It is that uh, it's deliberate. It's deliberate to sort of discipline. Uh, it's physical discipline in a very different way. Physical discipline out of uh, you know Fifty Shades of Chuck Gray, uh, which <laughs> is um, th this idea of that that we need to be put in our place we can't expect things we can't expect any of that money any of that public money that was you know gained from uh, extraction and exploitation in, you know of the state's resources and its people uh, any of that to go to any kind of egalitarian way, uh, end it all has to be uh, you know stuff that matches this sort of, of uh, libertarian fantasy uh, and so some people are kind of splitting hairs about this article, um, you know, and uh, including some liberals in the state who are saying, well, you know, we don't really, we actually don't have money. Um, but in fact, we do have money. And it's also true even in a larger sense, which is that governments can fucking find the money to do things and can fund things if we, we choose to or we choose not to. It's all political. 
the Medicaid expansion shit show actually demonstrates that as well. Uh, but even if we had to, we, because we, because that's not even money that we had to come up with. And, but even if it, it's true that we did have to fund things ourselves, we could do it. We could do what North Dakota is doing, which is putting all their money into a public bank um, uh, and, uh, and capitalizing that bank and then lending to itself. We could do that. We could do that very easily here, just like they, they do it in North Dakota. We choose not to do those things. And we choose not to do them. Uh, again, I think, you know, Better Wyoming in this case is right. Um, it's cruelty, but it's cruelty that has a very, very specific political purpose. Yeah, I guess people who are kept at the correct level of desperation, there's like a sweet spot where they're the easiest to exploit. Right. If they're too terrified, they won't be, they, they're useless to you. If, yeah, if they're too scared. And then if they're not scared that. enough, they won't do anything for you so you just have to get just enough terror in them in order for them to pay the way that you want them to at an anti-mask rally at the capitol earlier in the winter this guy pastor representative haroldson compared statewide masks orders to the holocaust telling an interviewer today it's masks and mandates tomorrow it's rail cars and ovens what do we do about this guy i i don't i don't have i don't know what to do and this is the guy, the same guy who in this um, education bill we were talking about said that in his list of threats to our um, freedoms and to our uh, democratic republic, one of those threats is religious discrimination. And then here's a Christian pastor. I wonder what kind of res discrimination he's referring to. Is he afraid right. of anti-Christian bias or is he like legitimately? You know, there's so many things we didn't even get to. We didn't get to our Ocean Andrew, um, who uh, is actually technically our representative and who was yeah. responsible for inviting Matt Gates uh, to That's what I wanted visit to talk Wyoming. About. Uh, and Matt Gates of uh, now under uh, some suspicion um, that, that doesn't even involve a fake adopted son. And I want to know what's going on with Matt Gates and Ocean Andrew. Maybe we'll, we'll have to talk about that next week. I guess uh, you know we didn't get to to we did not get to Ocean. No, and he really, but he really does know how to pick them. I mean, you know, um, that buckethead came to Wyoming and gave his speech, and I'm like, nothing's good going to come out of this for you, buddy. And it it it's not directly. I'm just saying, karma wise, you don't piss off Dick Cheney. That's the last thing you do is come to Wyoming and shit in his house. I so, mean, it's all part saying. of the plan. It's all part of the plan, according to, according to Q. Right, exactly. But I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to we'll have to take up this uh, this discussion and uh, similar discussions again. If you have an anecdote or a uh, uh, favorite um, Wyoming representative or senator that you love to hate, um, then uh, send us. Uh, send us a, a text and we'll, um, we'll cover them.